you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. Welcome, welcome. I have a pretty cool sermon today that I am really excited about, and uh, this is just one of my favorite sermons that I get the privilege of, of sharing with you guys. I love being your pastor. A few announcements. Uh, one, I want to say thank you to everyone who serves. Today, it was especially obvious how many people it takes to run a service, and everyone coming in two hours early, and it's freezing cold, and people are bundled and bundled, and uh, it just it takes a village to make this thing work, and so I want to thank you for everyone that helps serve. Uh, with that in mind, uh, it came to my attention just this week. I, I don't think I've made this in some churches. Maybe feels like a long time, but um, I know that some churches announce this almost every week, and we're having the. Th- I'm thankful we're only doing this net once, but we have a we have a need in our church right now, um, especially in the nursery, um, for some people to help serve. And so uh, some people are already hiding their heads. Listen, uh, I I don't need you to do it. I'm asking you to pray about it, uh, but there is um, some, some moms that could use a break um, and some babies that can use loving and prayed over and, uh, and some scriptures read back there, and so if, uh, if the Lord would lead you, help. I'm so thankful that, that our nursery and our kids, we have people that are here that commit to this uh, year long, so this isn't something that we need, uh, but right now we do have a need, and we'd ask you to, to help uh, pray about that uh, with us, and um, that's all I know about that. Thank you. We are uh, starting a fast today. I don't know if you guys heard. Today is a seven-day fast that we're starting. It's not about what we, where we've been or what we've done for the things. We can, we can boast in ourselves or look how, look how great I am and the things I've done. But I, just, I want you to know that uh, we give up things we love for things we love more. And in my life, I want to know the Lord. I want to know His voice. Uh, man, we sang that song earlier. I don't know if you heard it, but that's the that's the the, the in the book of Revelations, chapter one. That's the the revelation that John had of Jesus, uh, the resurrected Savior. He comes to him and he said he turned and he saw the one who was shining like the sun in all of its brilliance. And he said, and he fell as if he was dead before him. And the Lord put his hand on him. And he said, he looked and he saw uh, his, and he, he, his, his eyes were like flames of fire. And his hair was white as wool. And his voice had sounded like many waters. And uh, man, oh man, oh man, I don't know what I don't know, you know. But I, I know I do want to see him. It's one of the commandments that the Lord asked of his people to seek his face. And that's something I don't know how we forget to do as believers. But I I would say that I have a wonderful prayer life and somehow I forget to seek his face. And man, when Deb sang those lyrics this morning, I got goosebumps on steroids. It was was powerful and uh, had me a little encounter right right there. I don't know what was going on everywhere else, but the Lord was right there uh, this morning. And so I pray that for everyone at home, he translates. Listen, we have a special service today. Uh, we're talking about um, um, giving up so we can fill up. We're talking about uh, less of us in our life so he, that we must decrease so that he can increase. And if you, have, uh, you partner with the mission of our church that we would become disciples, 
uh, then, I, then I pray that this falls on your ears in a way that really challenges you today. Uh, I think it's going to be quite beautiful. Jesus, uh, what, how, what does a fast look like before we get started? Um, you, 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 are, you cannot do what I'm doing. Because you're not called to go where I'm called to go or do what I'm called to do. You, you can do what the Lord asks you to do. And so a fast is simply obeying what he is asking of you and learning to walk in that radical obedience. I, maybe weird. He may be asking you to eat more. Imagine that. I'm serious. This is about radical obedience. This is about us learning how to make room to just do what he's telling us to do regardless of what it looks like. And so for most of us Americans, it's learning how, 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 how to do less stuff and, and just putting into, into us. And so uh, you can go to the several teachings from the last couple of weeks, but I got to get into this. We're going to start off, if you would, stand to your feet with me as we read God's word. This is Jesus fasting. And um, I don't know if you know, but, but if Jesus did it, I want to be more like him. And if the Lord would need to fast, then the Lord knows that we probably need to. He assumed that we would fast in the book of Matthew. He said, when you fast. Uh, but in, the, in, in, in Matthew chapter 3, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 4, it's going to start off by saying this, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted, and he became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, then tell these stones to, to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the Scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to a holy city of Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, then jump off. For the scriptures say he will order angels to protect you and he will, hold, uh, he will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot against the stone. But Jesus responded, the scriptures also say that you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scripture says, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, help. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'm fascinated with Christ, the way he heals, the way he loves his mercy, the way he, he deals with religious people, uh, just the wisdom beyond knowledge, his ability to multiply and give life. All I know is that ever since I've heard of Jesus, it has been my life's greatest goal to become more like him. And if Jesus, who is perfect in all of his ways, had to fast, then we do too. And what's odd is simply fasting is, is learned obedience, but it, it, is, it is us learning how to empty ourselves of us so that we can be filled by him. And it's significant, please understand, that before Jesus started his ministry, which we all have a ministry here on this earth, God is calling you to do something radical for his kingdom that will make a difference for an eternity. Before Christ started his, his ministry... He fasted. 
He emptied himself so that he would be filled with the Spirit. Learn how to follow Christ's Spirit. And he would do this all the time. As I'm studying Jesus' miracles right now, one after another after another, almost every time Jesus performed a miracle, I love it. The crowds came to him and said, hey, Jesus, will you pray? And it was almost like every time people asked him to do something, he had to do it a different way than what they were requesting. Because people are going to pull on you. People are going to say, hey, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. I need you to do this. But you've got to learn what the Lord is calling you to do. And he would, he would take this person. They'd say, hey, well, uh, he'd come to be healed. And he would take that person out of the city. Or he would depart from the crowd. Or he would get on a boat and push off. And he would always, he knew what the Holy Spirit wanted him to do and how this healing was going to come about. And I think that there's going to be some radical things if we're going to be people of healing we're going to have to learn what the Spirit is doing, and that comes from getting rid of ourselves, decreasing ourselves, decreasing ourselves. So we give up things we love for things we love more. And so what we said last week is important for you to understand. Thank you for those that are fasting. What I'm hearing right now is there are more people fasting and pressing after God right now than we have ever done in our life. Some people are doing more radical things right now than they've ever done. I'm so proud of you. But I want to make sure you understand that not eating does not mean that you're doing what God wants you to do. This isn't about starving. This is about fasting. So not eating without praying is just starving. We don't want you to starve. We want you to connect with the Lord. So we're giving up food so we can meet with Jesus. That's what we talked about last week is, 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 is less food, more prayer time, more encounters with God, more prayers going up to the heavens. And this week, I can tell you in my own life, I have had an open door to the Lord with clarity beyond years. It's been wonderful. But this week, I'm going gonna, it's, it's, I'm, I'm gonna to suggest another thing based on this verse. So the enemy is coming at you in your life. And in this passage, we see that the, Jesus was tempted by the devil, and he was led by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. And whether you realize it or not, there is temptations in your life, and oftentimes we can't see them. Sometimes they, are, they come in in, in in waves of food. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have offered me things that I would love to eat. I got a text message from one of our elders, and he said on the first day of the fast this week, their, 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 their work had a cookout. And then uh, and on the second day, employees brought in all these cookies. No one's ever done this in the history of his job. And he's like, he's like and there are people are, are, are bringing in food and potlucks. And, and I'm like, I, I get it, man. Like, the enemy is going to tempt you, but sometimes it's not food. It's just life. Sometimes it's, it's the way you're arguing with your spouse or the way you're fretting over finances. And the way Jesus always handled the devil was with the word of God. Now, this is crucial, church. This is crucial because there are some things that we're aware of in Scripture, but when we're reading the word of God, it is so wonderful the way it reads you. Now, the way life works is we, as humans now, who possess these things called cell phones and have Google on tap, we can just chase whatever wisdom we want and learn whatever we want. But the Word of God is different because the Word of God is not going to tell you what you want to hear. It's going to tell you what you need to hear. 
And it's often going to rebuke you and equip you and empower you beyond your years. And Jesus said in this fast that the devil came to him and said, if you're really God, then turn these stones into bread. Jesus could have done that. In fact, we saw him do it out of nothing in his ministry. I've seen him do it in my own life. Groceries showing up at my door when I had nothing. But Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. This is our food. It's our substance. It's it's what we have to learn that that this is soul food at its real. Now, I've got to get moving in this sermon because there's a lot of cool stuff that I want to show you. But when I think about the word of God, the Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will never die. It'll never end. And I just think to myself for a second. Jesus said that, that, that um, don't store up your treasures in heaven where rust and moth can't destroy them and thieves can't break in and steal them. The only thing that I possess that will last forever is the word of God. It's the only thing I have that is actually eternal. This thing right here. And you know what's funny? This little guy right here, it says right on the side of most of these, Holy Bible. And I got thinking, what is holy nowadays? Then I asked myself, what is sacred? You know, sacred is anything that we would use to get to the Lord. And ultimately, nothing is sacred but this. We've defiled everything. And I think about how sacred this is, but yet how common it is to me. Do you know what I mean? Unfortunately, this guy goes to my car with me every day. And sometimes my kids throw it in the back seat. And sometimes I forget and it slides across the sleet or, or across the dashboard. And sometimes the pages will bend and, and what, what is holy? You know what these are? This is really neat. This is all the, I can't tell you how many times it's happened where folks have left Bibles their Bibles. They come to church. They brought their Bible with them like a good believer does. Everyone's looking at them like, yeah, I I brought it in the car. It's cool. And left it. Now, I can't think of, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe Brady can correct me, but never in the history of the existence of our church has anyone ever left their cell phone here and not come back for it. But may, maybe this is just where we store our Bibles, you know, because the, the house of God is so sacred. But what it, what it tells me is that if I lose my Bible or forget it somewhere, it's okay, I'll just get another one. Or it's okay. But I want, to, I want a relationship with my Bible. I want it to mean something to me. I want to remind you of Martin Luther where all of the people that died at the stake 
burned alive trying to get this out. Our church supports uh, uh, folks that, that transcribe the Bible in other languages. It supports many ministries that are like, like live dead, that are doing everything they can, missionaries risking their life to get the scriptures into the 1040 window, which is the longitude and latitude place on the earth that we can't seem to get the gospel in because it's so, it's so um, um, a, a deadly restriction. So we support missionaries like Dick Brogdon who are literally training people to go into this place radically with the scriptures, with Bibles in their backpacks and what they do is in the middle of the night they drop them off on people's doors because they know if they distribute them during the day they'll be, they'll be murdered. So sometimes they'll, they'll do a, a plane flyover where they'll just drop them from airplanes in the middle of the night. But we got to get the word out. And Jesus said that man should not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God and it just says to me, Lord, forgive me because I've forsaken your word. Imagine if I was married to my wife, but never heard from her. Beloved, I present to you today, for those of you that love the Lord, the number one way that God speaks to you. Period. And if, I just have to tell you, if you are so spiritual that you're able to hear God without the Bible... I rebuke you because you need the word of God in your life, period. Every apostle, this is the foundation to which I understand that Jesus is Lord. And any theology that I have somehow understood is heresy, if not from here. Guys, if we're serving the Lord, this is the lamp unto our feet. To those that have been born again for 40, 50, 60 years, I'm thankful for your wisdom, but you must continue to digest and dig and eat the word of God. I want to show you a video that is very dear to my heart. You, some of you have seen this here before. It means a lot to me. Uh, this is in China. There, there, this, is, this is some of the videos that, that have been released. If you go on YouTube, you can see all of the Bible smuggling videos. There's a lot of them, but the reality is, is when they video these people, their lives are at stake. And so th th this, is, this is older now, so the video is not going to be very clear. But this is people who are doing everything they can to, to receive a copy of the Word of God. You know what they do is often they'll, they'll, they'll pass around pages. They'll take a Bible and rip every page out and pass it around. I'm not lying. You just read the threads or watch the videos and they'll show you the strategies because they can't get whole Bibles. So they'll, they'll, they'll get a Bible, rip it out, and pass it around and everyone will just memorize that page. And I, I just think I've got so many copies, yet I know none. Let me show you, beloved, the church receiving their first copy of the Bible.
当我看到这本书，我就看到了那些帮助我们的弟兄姊妹们，他们的血和泪放出来的。这是我们教会这个时候最需要的，真是我们最需要的书。I know that um, we are like the Olympics, that we are passing a torch on to the next generation, that our children and their children's children will only know the gospel that we present to them. But imagine how much we're perverting the real gospel. I remember going on mission trips and hearing stories. We went to Bulgaria in 2001, and we got to, um, they were right on the edge of the Iron Curtain, and their, their country was owned by Russia, and so uh, they, they were restricted from Bibles, and they had a hidden uh, printing press in the place that we stayed. And they were saying just a few years before how the facility that we were sleeping in ever so comfortably was raided, and everyone was taken prison. And they lost their pastor and many people that they never saw again. And I just can't imagine, like, we're so chilling today. Think about, we have the luxury of not even coming today. And I just, I know this isn't going to be very, like, welcoming, but I rebuke lethargy and apathy and this like comfort zone that we're living in church you're not a believer without the word of god your pastor cannot preach that good this is how god speaks and sometimes he uses me we um <laughs> I, I, so what we did is this morning we've been working um, since like really early <laughs> writing scriptures out and I thought it would be really fast and it's, it's not at all but we have a gift for you in your seat back pocket it's just one handwritten verse sorry that it's not um, a whole page but you know, this is the way the scriptures were handed down. I don't know if you realize this. But thousands, if not millions of people have been murdered to do what, what we did like briefly in the back room. So there's a typo or something. We apologize. We're, we're not calligraphers or whatever. <laughs> but we came up with a verse that's different for each of you. And I don't know how it got to where you are. We didn't know where you were going to be sitting. But what if this is the only verse you ever heard? Could you let the word of God soak into you and change you and just meditate on that? Now, I dare you this. To not just read the word, but to share it. 
that you would share that scripture in all of its power with someone in your life this week. I don't know what you got. Some, some of them may be like super weird, but I, I know as I was writing these, it said all scripture is needed to build up, to equip. Some of them may even be looking at that very verse. The word of God is sharper than it, and it never returns void. And, it, and man, it does so many powerful things. It builds promises. I mean, it's the way that I know God's, God's will. It's, it's, it, it gives me hope when like everything that I'm looking at is wrong. It tells me what to stand on. It, 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 is, it is my promise for my children when they have a high temperature in the middle of the night, or it is, it, it is what we stand on. It is salvation. It is how we know that those that we love that have passed on, that we'll see again, not because of your pastor's theology, but because of what's been handed down and handed down and handed down. This is God-breathed. It's not good advice. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is God. I'm going to start a new trend. It's going to be really crazy. Reading our Bibles this week. And I, I really do hope that I can make that cool. So I had a vision this week of our church. Of many of I, I mean, it was our church. I don't know if it was some people or what, but I saw this vision of people. It was like a massive oak tree that had lost all water and all soil, and it began to just dry up. And I'm realizing, I'm realizing that some of us, it has been a year since you've cracked. Something that like, imagine if I gave my life, literally, for you to have this. This has happened thousands of times in the history of the church. We've got it. We've got, we've got to. We've got to. We've, there is nothing. There is no show. There is nothing. Like God is trying to speak to you. He's trying to reteach you how to think. The problem is Google's working harder. And Amazon's working harder. And everyone's trying to get you to understand, watch this show. It'd be super cool. 85 people get murdered in this video right here. It's going to be great. I'm like, you, you, there's 85 people that get murdered in this book right here. I promise you, this is cooler. It's real. Um, all right, I'm way off in my notes here. All right, uh, I'm going to skip the Psalms verse. Nope, I'm just going to read it. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits at the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates day and night, and he is like a tree planted by the river of water uh, that brings forth fruit in its season. Those whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper just going to leave that there for you. Uh, that was for someone. But I pray that you're like a tree planted by good waters. I'm going to take you real quick to Mark chapter 4. So we read Matthew chapter 4. We're going to read Mark chapter 4. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 20. This is a very popular passage, and probably you may have heard about it. Uh, but once again, Jesus began teaching by the lakeshore. And a very large crowd gathered around him and so we got into a boat 
I love the way he's talking about acoustics. You know, in that book in Revelations, when he was talking about how Jesus' voice sounds like many waters, I, I was thinking about, because that's like the loudest thing that they've ever heard. That was like pure amplification. You know what I mean? Imagine when we have like PA systems that can blast for Woodstock, but like they heard the sound of many waters, you know? And I was like, dang, that's awesome, man. Niagara Falls coming out of Jesus' mouth. All right, anyways, Jesus gets on a boat and he taught him. And he said, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed and he scattered it across the field. And some seed fell on footpath and birds came and ate it. And other seed fell on shallow soil underlying rock. And the seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the sun. And since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among the thorns, and it grew up, and it choked out tender plants so that they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted and gave and produced a crop that was 30 and 60 and even 100 times as much as they had been planted. And then he said, anyone who has ears should hear and listen and understand. Later his disciples were alone with Jesus and, and with others who, who, who gathered around, and they asked him, uh, what the parable meant. And Jesus replied, you're permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything. So to outsiders, um, so to say to outsiders, so that the scripture might be fulfilled. When, I, when they see what I do, uh, they will learn nothing. And when they hear what I say, they will understand nothing. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, if you can understand the meaning of this parable, how will, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, then how will you understand all the other parables? A farmer planted seeds by taking God's word to others. You hear that? A farmer planted seeds by taking God's word to others. You're a farmer. I'm a farmer. The seed that fell on the footpath presented those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. And the seed that fell on rocky soil presented those who hear the message immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last very long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. But it was all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth and the desire for things so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as they had planted. It was pretty cool. I was planning on doing this verse this week, but I had a chance Wednesday night to go over to the youth group and see these kids that are on fire for God over there, and they were doing a Bible study amongst their, their student leadership. Man, we've got some, some pretty radical student leaders. I was so proud of our kids last week coming up here and praying prayers that, like, many of us would have never had the courage to pray at their age. Like, we want to see a generation raised up, amen? Like, it's all about them being raised up. So it was cool. I went over there, and they were talking about this very passage, and some of them were saying how they never knew that, that in this scripture that they represented the soil. I'm like, man, that's so good. So let me, let me explain it to you like this. I'm a farmer who's sowing seed. Can I explain to you one of my nightmares? I see so many of you that want to love Jesus. And in this story, it's really hard because I, I can't do anything other than pray for you, 
and try to lead you. But ultimately, you're going to have to follow and obey the Lord. You have to follow and obey. This story is, 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 is essentially implying about some seed that just fell on the rock. Like some people that came by the thousands or hundreds, and they just watched. It's good. But the kingdom never took root in their heart. And as soon as they left, they went on to what they were doing. I see this every week. Some, they say, man, that's good. I, w- I want that too. And so the soil goes down, but there's, there's rocks everywhere. And, and the word of God just simply can't get into their life because there are things in their life that they refuse to get out. Like, I'm, I don't want to change my life. I like what you're saying. I just, nothing's going to change. I see that too. To be a believer refusing to change, it's a, con- it's a contradiction. Like, it, it's, we're followers. And then there were some that like the seed went in and it went really deep. And I see this often also in the church where people will be believers, they're followers, they're leaders in the church, they're doing great things. They, and, and something happens and they fall away. And man, this, it kills me. Like I pray for some of my friends that have loved God with all of their soul, worshiped with me, prayed, like touched heaven, done ministries in Mardi Gras and spring break, like we've invaded hell together with the gospel. And they've lost the gospel. The easiest way to lose touch with the gospel in your life is to lose touch with your relationship with the word of God. Period. Your church can't save you. It's you learning how to do the disciplines. That's why we're fasting. Fasting is us getting radical about the spiritual disciplines that he's commanded us to do. So when we get radical on obeying him, it's easier to do the things that the Holy Spirit has already said. We're working out. And the reason why athletes in, 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 in the NFL and all these things, they work out every day. They're already huge. But they want to be strong enough when the moment comes that they can lift that very thing and run as fast as they need to run so that they're better, they're better, they're better, they're better. Fasting, so what's happening is in your life and in my life, we have this thing when pastor preaches a really good sermon that we'll sit back and we'll say to ourselves, you know, I want that. I want to do that. Anyone else? You ever been convicted? Yeah, now I'm, I'm going to pray every day this year. Until tomorrow comes, and I don't know what happened. Fasting is you ripping the Band-Aid off and choosing to give up things we love so we can fill up on things more. And what it does is it cultivates the spiritual gift, the fruit of the Spirit of self-discipline so that when your spirit says, I want that, you have the ability to do that. But it's terrible when your soul is saying, man, I'm hungry. And you're going, yeah. Ah. And what happens is we drift. No one runs away from the Lord. We just drift further and further away. 
So we're fasting. We're giving up things we love so we can get radical about recognizing that the Lord finds this so attractive. You want to know, I'm, I'm, I use crazy words like sexy because it's, you know, the only words people understand in today's definition. I think the Lord finds this crazy attractive. What do you mean, Pastor? Someone who gets alone in their house and breaks this thing open and says, God, speak to me. Oh, man, now I got your attention. Now I can tell you what I've been trying to tell, what your husband's been trying to tell you. <laughs> I'm sorry, just kidding. <laughs> what your pastor's been trying to tell you, you know. But, but now he can tell you with no filter. He's got your attention. And sometimes it's boring. But sometimes so is marriage and work and life. But the discipline of doing the things that matter most, doing the things that matter most, of doing the things that matter most, Heaven and earth will pass away. There is nothing that you have that is awesome but this. The book that's got all the pages crumbled up and some tore out and it's stuffed underneath the thing and the place that with the word, the, you know. That's what the Lord finds attractive. I want to I be attractive to the Lord. It's like me lighting a candle going on a date with Jesus right here. And I don't know if you know, but if you're married, that's something that you should do. We try it out. It really works. It's home run. God, you love it. That you are married to Jesus. We hand wrote you a scripture that I'm challenging you to meditate on this week. And give it to someone else. Now, here's, um, I'm over time. Here's what I need you to know. Four things that I think will cultivate a powerful believer. One, somebody that prays. I think you need to have prayer life in your soil. Maybe, maybe prayer is, is, is the sunlight to you. Someone that has the word of God in your life. Maybe, maybe the word of God is like rain in your soil. You need to have fellowship. You need to have a connect group. I don't know if you guys know, I'm so pumped about this. Brady's probably going to tell you next week, but so far we've got 25 connect groups that are launching this semester. Um, and they're rad, man. And some of them are like, I, I legitimately want to be in seven different connect groups. And, um, from like campfire on Friday night, just telling stories about life. Uh, like, dude, that's awesome. One, the word of God. Two, prayer. Three, fellowship. Four is mentorship. Now, if you're going to be a disciple, this is what disciples do. One, a disciple learns and teaches. So this may be your season that you may be growing unhealthy because you've been learning, 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 but you've never been a teacher. And I got to let you know, the disciples, before they were even called to become apostles, they were already teaching and teaching wrong, and not teaching even correct doctrine. And he was still sending them out. They weren't even good at it. They're praying for the sick. Nothing's happening. Do it. Do it more. Do it more and more and more and more and more. Do it wrong. It's okay. We love you. We'll do it with you. So we have this, this thing called mentorship. It, we're, we're launching it again this semester. We do it. It's a nine-month commitment. And what it is, is it's an intensive, it's, it's a small group, five, six people. We're changing it completely again this semester. But you need this. 
And this program is not a small group. It's intense, it's not easy, and it's actually, it hurts my feelings a lot. People get to know me in a deep way, and they rebuke me in a deep way, and I don't like it. You have to share your life. You have to read a lot. You have to read the Bible. You have to memorize scripture. You have to pray. It's like all these things that like, wait, it's what I'm supposed to be doing all along. And then I have accountability for it, and it's hard. We're starting mentorship. Today's the last day to sign up. There's an interest meeting after the second service, and if you can't be there, let someone know. But we're doing a one-year track for girls, a one-year track for guys, a, a second-year track for girls, and a second-year track for guys. And we've made multiple tweaks that it's going to be its powerful. But I've decided to give my life to Jesus, and I don't want a safety net. Like, I want someone to call me out on the things that's not right. And so we've changed the program this year that it, it, you, you really can't get away from what you're hiding. Um, that's it. That's all the time I got. I'm out of time. I'm going to close. This is awkward. Here we go. Um, thank you for coming. Read your Bible. Love Jesus. Um, and thank you. I'm signing up for nursery. Pray about signing up for nursery. Uh, there is a, a first steps class happening where we teach the principles of our faith um, on the highest level in the back room after worship in the second service. And everything else after that. Oh, next Sunday is water baptism. If you've not been baptized in water, this is a life-changing experience that you all need to do. Can I get an amen from everyone who has been baptized? If you were baptized when you were three, that doesn't count. Can I get an amen from everyone that's... Okay, great. Um, and then last thing is... Um, Town Hall is next Sunday. We're going to feed you right after church. It's after the second service, after water baptism. We want to tell you all the things that's happening in our church. It's powerful. That's cool. Everything that we've done over the last year that we're really thankful that God gave us the grace to, to accomplish and uh, what we believe he's leading with us. It's the secrets of our church, and you are going to want to be there at Town Hall next Sunday. We're feeding you. We love you. Father, bless you. Let God's face shine upon them and, uh, and give you peace in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. If you want prayer for anything, we'll be down front. We love you. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.